Hey, welcome to the Wealth and Business Podcast. On this episode, I had a very interesting conversation with a good friend, Ketan Danti, who is the CEO and founder of Bokiam Futures, an environmental health recruitment agency who's doing amazing well and making a massive, huge, huge impact nationally here in England. We had a very fantastic conversation of that journey of transitioning from the ordinary to the extraordinary. And I hope you guys get some really good value from this. Katan is also a property investor who has made his money work a bit more harder from the business that he's created and also building a property portfolio. Without further ado, welcome to this episode. So Keaton, good to have you on the Wealth and Business Podcast. I met you literally about a year ago and I was inspired by how you look so good, how you basically have kept your body. You know, you're just about 50 now. And that opened up a door to a conversation around wealth, around what you do, around your successes you've had, founding the Bokiam Futures, you know, organization, which is one of the leading, you know, uh, recruitment agencies, you know, where you're based. And, and we talked about your story, even, you know, the rough beginning, you know, how you've basically gone from nothing into building something so powerful. So for those who don't know you, who are you, first of all, and what was your mindset in this transition? So I'm Ketan Datani, owner and founder of Buckingham Futures, which is UK's leading environmental health consultant. So we, we specialize in a niche. Uh, what was my mindset? My mindset has changed so many times throughout my my life, really. Uh, I, I was of the mindset. So from, from a young, in terms of wealth mindset, I didn't, I wasn't around that. And where I grew up, you know, I used to see, I used to always think of wealth as for other people, not for me. Yeah. Um, so I used to see people with nice houses, nice cars, nice clothes. But on my council estate, no one really had these kind of things. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't around me. And and even with my parents, so the stereotype is of Indian families, you know, education and uh, wealth and stuff like that. I didn't come from that. I came, you know, I was, we grew up on a council estate. We were the only Asian family on that council estate. And in the 70s, it was difficult being the only Asian family on the council estate. But my parents used to, you know, like money was, they, I used to just see them working hard all the time, working hard all the time. But we still never had the things that other people used to have. Yeah. So, and my parents used to drum into me, get educated, get a good job, get educated, get a good job. So that was my initial mindset, right? Yeah. Then when I turned early adolescence, 11, 12, 13, just got mixed up with some silly stuff and, and fell off the academic path. It got so bad that, you know, they had a, had a truancy officer assigned to me and I just kind of went down the wrong route completely the opposite of opposite. what my parents were expecting for me, right? But it's this time. So I had the passion for the environment. And I believe that wealth and wealth and passion, I actually, if you work on your passion, wealth will come, right? If you go looking for money or you chase money, it will always elude you. But if you're actually adding value, money will come to you. Um, so anyway, it's kind of long story short. I had a passion for the environment, having failed miserably in the academic system, school system. It was my love for the environment that got me back into uh, that academic system. Um, at sort of early, late teens, got back into sort of the GCSE, the UK academic system, and pursued that. Realized so then I graduated, got a degree as an environmental biotechnologist, uh, bachelor's degree. Went and worked in a laboratory for. A year as a medical mic training medical microbiologist, and I was at a loss. I was like, "There's got to be more to life than this." I'm living the life that far beyond the, anyone's expectations, even my own. Right? I'm a graduate. I'm in a laboratory, yeah. rather than just you know selling them, you know, whatever on the on the road, right? <laughs> but it just it wasn't fulfilling me. 
So I thought I need to get more educated because I'm, a, you know, I'm, I'm around these scientists and stuff and they're not inspiring me. And this is very repetitive and very mundane. So I actually went back to uni, did a master's degree in environmental planning and management. After that, just struggled to find a role. I really, really struggled and uh, it came out with a master's degree. There just was no opportunities um, because the opportunities that were there, like, in all honesty, were for people with English-sounding names because I even done an experiment. Yeah. Sent my CV, changed my name. Instead of Keith Andatani, I changed the same companies. I called myself Keith Draper. Got lots of interviews. So, Because I, I thought, why are there no jobs out here? But it wasn't really, there's no jobs. There was no jobs for me. You know, quite a very interesting topic you just said there. I basically, I'm a first-generation immigrant. Came to the UK just about 20, 20 years now. I've been here. And a lot of people say to me, is Daniel Moses really your true name? I'm like, yes, my father's name is Moses. Mm. My name is Daniel. Mm. Um, but obviously I've got a native name, mm. you know, but when I came into this country, that's when I changed my name. You know, I took out my native name, which is Eru. Eru means prayer. So I took that out oh. and just adapted my two strongest names. So Daniel is quite a very inspirational guy uh, in the Bible, in the Holy Book. And Daniel was very, very motivated by God. Moses, he parted the right sea, very godly man. That's my father's name. You know, there's a lot of history to that. I said, you know what, I'll take my father's first name. I'll take my, you know, my, my actual <clears throat> first name. And the name Dr. Daniel Moses, you know, came from the inspiration for the fact that it wasn't because, you know, there was this, you know, stereotyping of who I am and, where I'm from, being Nigeria. No, you but kept your name. You didn't. I kept, I kept yeah. my name. But the truth is, a lot of people today, all right, the moment you answer Olua Tobi, Olua Mayowa, yeah. the fact is, you the chance of getting that job sometimes, or the, the, the chances of even, even now, getting a yeah. you know, credit application sometimes isn't even an issue. Most times people see my name without my face, they think I'm white. Yeah. You know, and... I think I want to really go into that topic because people still say there is no racism in England. There is no job scarcity because of the name that you bear. But actually, that's incorrect. There I mean, we're lot. going back to the 90s, but no, things haven't really changed. It's just a lot of, lot more covert now, a lot more. Whereas people are more open. careful. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Like, I mean, racism has changed a lot in the last 49 years, right, for me. First, it was straight up violence used to go on the bus people used to spit at you as a kid spit at your mom do you know what i mean when you go shopping people the windows used to got broke broken in our house dog dog shit would be put for a letterbox as time went on it was it was like oh you're right you know but it's the rest of them sort of thing right so they kind of embrace you as an individual but then they they become over they can come become over familiar so be like who's you know like oh let's go down the package shop or whatever but I'm standing there do you know what I mean and for me these these kind of things are offensive then through college as well and uni you know like the environmental sector is is not very diverse it's one of the least diverse sectors in the UK right it's something I'm actually trying to change certainly at decision maker level there's nobody that. There were very few, less than maybe two percent. I mean, the whole it's less than four percent of the, the the sector that's non-white. But at, at decision maker le levels, for less than two percent. And my thing is that how can you serve communities if you don't understand if you're not from these communities? Yes. But I digress slightly. So racism has just changed. And at uni, um, I noticed that you know, in terms of the environmental courses, like the uni demographics very mixed, right? The whole university. But when you come to certain courses, it's predominantly white so now it's, it's it's a two-way thing as well like you know maybe black and asian people are not pushing their children into environmental careers maybe it's saying doing business do accounts do medicine do you know what i mean so it's a two-way thing um but people are not looking at it as a potential career option right um but when when i graduate it's the keith draper name actually came about when i was doing my masters in all honesty because when i was looking for information as part of my thesis it was my my course coordinator that said to me, why don't you use a more English sounding name? And wow. I've kept the same initials, Keith Draper. So then I, <laughs> KD, but I've never used that in, apart from, for information from my thesis. And just to see to myself about a year after that, 
why am I not getting any applications? I've got a master's degree, right? Yeah. These, are, these are not even graduate roles. Some of them just require A-levels. Why am I not being called for interview? So then I tried to do the same thing. And obviously this is before everything was automated. So they didn't even clock that it's the same address. We're sending that. Similar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but it's, a, I mean, look, even last year I, I, I experienced racism. I went to a recruitment leaders event, right? And uh, in one of the breakout sessions, so basically what, there, there, was a, there was a company that were promoting outsourcing some of the work, which is yeah. something I was looking into. Yeah. The stereotypes are still there. So the lady, an English lady, openly said that, you know, the people that she's, she's using for people from India, it costs, they work UK hours and you know how it works, right? Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, but I did say, and she said, oh, they're based in Ahmedabad, which is quite close to where my family's home is from. So I even said that. So they, so she knows I'm Asian, yeah. even if it, she wasn't, you know, maybe she wasn't unsure, but so she knew I was Asian. And then she said, look, some of our clients, they don't like the Indian accents and we can help, you know, we can try and find someone else. So firstly, like if they don't like the Indian accents, why are you working with people from India? And secondly, why are you working with these clients? Why are you allowing your clients to dictate? Oh, I don't, it's like me saying, oh, someone applies for my job, but it, it can't be Chinese, Jewish or black. You know, you can't do that. You're looking for the best person for the role, aren't you? Absolutely. So, and if my client said, I don't want someone of this, you know, ethnicity or I don't want a Pakistani, whatever, I would say, I can't work with you. But they, they're actually encouraging this. Mm -hmm. And then she went on to say that uh, Indians have a certain mindset and they don't think with their hearts. And if you want someone with more of a heart and and more of an open relationship with your consultant. Then we also have a team in Philippines. Needless to say, at this point, I said, I'm out of here. I actually, not only did I leave that, that, that breakout room, I left, I've left that group. And I, and you know, the thing before that, I was like so privileged. I thought, oh, I'm in this elite group and I've, I've made it and all this and that. But you know, my integrity is a lot more than that. I don't yeah. need that group. I don't want to be in that situation that takes me back to my childhood. You may as well call me a bud bud thing then and spat at me what happened that day, right? Yeah. So it's still happening. It's still and happening, absolutely. Very much so. So racism still... And, and, and to be honest, that's the reason, one of the reasons why I, I uh, when I first started, a lot of people said to me, oh, you don't want to use the word black. You don't want to use the word, um, you know, you know, like ethnic minority, because then it's going to see like, oh, you're trying to be a wealth creator for the black people. Or you're trying to be a wealth creator for educating the black people. And I said, regardless, whatever it's going to be, I don't care. But I'm so proud to be black. I'm so proud, regardless of the stigmatization that we have as a Nigerian. People say, oh yeah, Nigeria, there's corruption. I said, do you think there's some corruption here? It's everywhere. Corruption is everywhere. These are stereotypes. All right. It's just stereotypes. I said Nigeria is almost 300 million people. And the stigmatization that's come from Nigeria is only because of the less than 10% of 300 million people. Nigeria as a nation is five times bigger than the UK. So and a very small, minute population. Look at India. Over 1 billion population. And then when you stereotype India... You're talking about how many times as big as the UK? You know, the truth is that one of the reasons why- But they should make you motivate you more. Yeah. Because if that's a stereotype, actually prove them wrong. Yeah. And sorry to, to interrupt, yeah, it was fine. actually, so this is something that the head of science at the college I went to, Dr. Theo Kwanja, he's a guy from Ghana. He's the one who said to me, being of a minority, you're gonna have to work Five times as hard not to get a, the same position. Actually, ten times more, not even five. Yeah, I was trying to play it down. <laughs> <laughs> even hundred times more. Yeah. I mean, look at the Wealth and Business podcast. If this Wealth and Business podcast, the level of work I have had to put to get it to where it is today, the Dr. Mon the Dr. Daniel Moses brand, if it was a white behind it, if it was a maybe another color we had behind it, I wouldn't probably have to do the level of hard work that I'm doing now to impart my people. But... Every single time I've had chat with my people, they say, oh yeah, we want to we wanna do it, but we just don't think it's for us. I'm a wealth creator strategist. I'm a coach and mentor within a space, you know, trying to help people get onto wealth creation. The fact is, a lot of people said to me still today, ah, oh, getting into the property ladder and building wealth through property is hard more for black people. I'm like, no, it's not. 
You know, so we we can literally go into this. No, today. it could be harder, definitely, because there's, there's a lot. Of, like it's, it's a cultural thing as well, right? So, it, so you know, being from an Indian background and growing up in a council estate, I had extended family in Leicester, right? For example, that had properties and stuff like they owned properties, right? So that was kind of the thing to do, but they then they don't own more. They don't use it as a wealth thing, but they like to own the house they live in. Yeah, just right? own it. Yeah. That, that, and that's it. And then, then it's a case of like get a job, and, and progress it, progress it, pay, career, pay your mortgage. It. Yeah, pay your mortgage, and basically you look forward to your two weeks annual leave, go India, and that was the kind of thing, right? But so I, I, I was aware that it could be done, right? Uh, but sometimes you know, when when you're not surrounded by in my immediate area because everyone's from from council background, and you know they're waking up in the morning, they're having beers or they're smoking weed, and every two weeks collecting benefits so if i was just around these people all the time you know you don't see you have to go beyond what you see to kind of see what's really because it almost seems alien you can see people doing things but you think well that's not my world that's not that's not for me so as a young person it's very difficult and i get where maybe they're saying from but you're leading the way and you're showing them look i've not am I just a young person or a black young person, but as someone who's actually not even born in this country. So you have the advantage of being through the school system and being born in this country. So if I could do it, sure, certainly you can. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you're showing them by example and actual actual progress that you've made. You know, we were, we were having a conversation just now off camera and you started to kind of even deep into your background, basically growing up, council estate, you know, the violence, you know, the drugs and all these different things that was proper, proper negative that could have stopped you from becoming the inspirational guy that you are. You know, I mean, you've gone from literally someone from nothing into someone who has been able to build a sustainable, environmental friendly job opportunities for people in your community, outside of your community, and obviously in parts- The whole so, of the UK. The whole of the UK nationally. And, and internationally not, a, 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 now. Internationally, you even spoke about doing something in Nigeria. And you're also someone who is known to be a profound industry leader, you know, with a massive, massive passion to nature, you know, and someone who is also making a massive social impact. Your environment had every reason to literally stop you from becoming the leader that you are today. So the reason why I had to basically draw back to this because, you know, I know we kind of started in a, in a way where we've given so much value at the beginning of this podcast episode, but how has your small, you know, mindset in the beginning stage of your journey allowed you to basically create the impact that you're currently making that has made you the industry leader that you are? It's quite a few questions in there, and it's quite profound. Um, I mean, some uh, I, I heard the podcast by Steve Steve Jobs, and one thing that really resonated with me, with me is that the the you can only join join the dots looking back. You can't join them looking forward, right? Mm. So there was a lot. Of, look, I was always I was passionate about the environment without knowing it, because in the seventies and eighties, it wasn't called the environment. Yeah. And truth be said, look, as I said, I mean, I alluded to you earlier, like I, I wasn't, school didn't, wasn't for me. I had a lot of racism in school from students, from the teachers. Even the teachers used to speak really slowly to me and ask if I understood and stuff like that, right? So, and then I found how much a teacher earns and I'm thinking I'm earning more than that and I'm 17, right? And, and, and But it was, it's a different way of earning, right? So I was... Basically, so I'd leave my house in the morning, right? The only places that were open is the library. So every library, most of South London I've been to, till about 12, I go to library, I leave my house like I'm going to school, <coughs> go to library, go straight to the adult section and look, read about ecology, bio, biosystems, biodiversity, all the things that interest me. Come midday, when the fiends are waking up, I'm back in the hood doing what I need to do. Yeah. And then I come home from school like normal, allegedly, right? So that's why the passion came about. Truth be said, I got into a bit of a situation where I ended up having to do um, some work with the probation service. And I discovered through my love of nature, which actually stemmed back from the Midlands when I spent summer, summers in Coventry with my grandparents, but I discovered a colony of great crested newts. It's an amphibian mm. and it's an endangered species. Wow. So I said to my probation officer that this we can't 
work here. This is an endangered species. He didn't believe me. And he thought I was trying to get out the, the hours that I had to do at the time. And uh, so I went to Plumstead Library. So I told them, look. Plumstead, round the corner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I said to them, because they used to have a museum upstairs. So I said, I've discovered a colony of great crested newts. Next day, I've come to do this work now. Probation officer says, it's off. Because I told the library, because <laughs> it's an endangered species, all the work stopped there. I still had to do, like, I had to go and pay a church and stuff. But So I wasn't trying to get out of it. That's what I'm saying. He thought I was trying to get out of the work. Anyway, so that, that time now reignited my passion. Because, look, I've, I, I, I know what this endangered species. And if I'm going to do something with my life, I just saw everyone older than me who I used to aspire to or really look up to, were, were, were sort of being incarcerated or doing, it's just getting, it was a spiral that I couldn't see a way out of. This is when I met Dr. Theo Cronje, mm. the Ghanaian gentleman I told yeah, you about. Yeah, yeah. He changed my life, really and truly. So I went to Hendon College, said I want to do GCSEs. They, and they said, you, where's your like retakes mm. in a year? They said, where are your GCSE certificates? I said, I've never sat them. They said, you can't do retakes. You have to do them over two years. I'm like, I should have done it three years ago, and you're telling me I have to wait another two years just to get GCSEs. Plus, I've missed all of this school, yeah? Um, then I went back the next day, and they said, you can't do it in a year because you've got no... You've got this a retake. Yeah. You can't sit an exam if you haven't done the original exam. Yeah. The third day I came back now, Dr. Phil Kronje was there on the table, and I said, please, sir, like, I just need this opportunity. He said, I'll give you this opportunity, and he's the one who let me uh, sit sit the GCSEs, do my GCSEs, then went on to the science A-levels. And then it was him that encouraged me to go to university because it was a big word. And I don't really know anyone who'd been to university apart from there was one GP on our council estate, but he'd go home at night, right? He didn't live there. Wow. So I didn't know anyone who'd have a degree. I just was, it was an alien world to me. Wow. You know, these times I had gold teeth and I've gone into uni on my first semester. I wasn't even smiling. I used to talk like this. So, but yeah, it was him that encouraged me to go to university and my passion was the environment. So I did the environmental biotechnology degree. And I thank Theo to this day. He's, he's like my uncle. And, and that was opened up so many doors. That pushed me into working in the laboratory. That pushed me to thinking this is not for me. That pushed me into going to do my master's degree. Wow. That pushed me into thinking that, okay, there's so many people out there with qualifications that are in the same situation as me and are not being able to fulfill the, the, the thing. So that's how Buckingham Futures was born, right? Um, I've been in sector for 25 years and nine years ago, I set up on my own. So I've been in this sector for 25 years, bridging the gap between employers and environmental professionals. Wow. I'm just <laughs> so fascinated by a few things that you said there because I went to university as well. I studied sociology and anthropology in the University of Benin, Edo State, Nigeria. And it fascinates me that actually I never heard about the word mentorship mm. whilst I was in uni. No. I never heard about the word personal development whilst I was in university. I never teach you that. And whilst I went through school, I came to the UK. All right. I'm, like I said, I'm, I've lived here for almost 20 years. And I never still heard about the word mentorship. I never still heard about the word um, self-development, personal development. When I first came to this country, I was accustomed to my community. So the only people I had, I was friends with were people who were from Nigeria, from Middle Natu Yeah, you'd naturally gravitate. And that was it. But I'm coming to this because I want to talk about environment. Environment is in two different words, right? So environment is, you know, your environment, making it friendly, making it healthy, making it, you know, otherwise. And as well as environment can also create an impact for wealth creation. Who are you associated to? Totally. Who is in your community? Who are you network? Association is key. So I'm very careful who I associate myself with these days. But I never heard about all these words, mental, you know, I never knew about self-development. So 2012, I relocated back to Nigeria. And then 2015, between 2012, I grew a business. And 2015, that business failed. Not for my own fault, but for the fact that, yeah, Economy, bad roads, and all of these, these different things. Two of my trucks went into fire. They literally fell into the valley and burst into flame. And I lost over 150,000 pounds. I went through depression and anxiety. Now, what changed for me was education. And you just said, in your environment that you are, you never knew someone who was in uni. 
someone who was studying. Oh. I'm the first graduate in my whole family, like from England, from the British born um, cousins and stuff. Yeah, I didn't. I not in in my neighborhood. No, I didn't know anyone. Like no one, no one even went to college, let alone you know it was straight away like either working of. Look, the most aspirational people in my peer group would wanted to work in a factory. Rest of them wanted to be like their dads and granddads and uncles and be on benefits and do other stuff, which quick cash. But that's rich for a while, then poor for a very long while, then rich for a while, then for, and then you're always looking over your back, right? That kind of lifestyle. So, yeah, if it wasn't for Dr. Freya Kwanji, I don't know if if I would have pursued that. I mean, that having a degree doesn't actually, I don't think it's a mark of intelligence. Just despite the fact that I have a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, yeah. and a postgraduate diploma in employment law, I don't think that's a mark of, there's people that I know are far well, more intelligent than me. But well, it that just, opened up your, it opened up your absolutely, mindset. Absolutely, definitely. It opened up who you've become. Yeah, it did. But you there know? are people more intelligent than me that's still in the hood. Definitely. Like, you know, I when we were talking as youngsters, they, well, they weren't more intelligent than me at that time. But then they, they, as you said, the environment stayed the same. So they couldn't grow beyond that. And now they're approaching 50. This is very difficult to come out of that, isn't it? I had an interesting conversation. You're 50 now, right? I, and I spoke about 49, that. man. Let's keep it to the 40s <laughs> for now. <laughs> so, and I just, at the beginning of this episode, I actually said your age and how you look, you know, was one of the, I literally approached you and I said, I look, you look good, mate. And yeah. how you were, you know, and we started to speak and then the age thing came through and I'm like, how do you look this good at the age, at the, at the age that you're in? I mean, I'm 43 now. I'm going to be 43 in a week. You look 28. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I wanted to have that interesting conversation and, and that opened up the conversation about your achievements, what you've done in business and otherwise. And obviously in out here, Property Wealth and so on the Wealth and Business Podcast. So Property Wealth is my company. So obviously this is part of in collaboration with Property Wealth Education. So with, you know, Wealth and Business Podcast, it's all about having that conversation about the, the transition of the ordinary to the extraordinary. You know, what's your story, who you are and how did it begin? And just basically touching base with that, showing someone who's listening right now, for those of you who are listening to the podcast and saying, oh, I can't do it. You know, it's not for me. It's for, it's for Asian people. It's for white people. It, you know, that would never happen to you. And this lead me to a great book that I wrote, which I read, which called That Would Never Work. You know, yeah. it's a story told by the founder of Netflix. Yeah. You know, because everyone, everybody he met said to him, that would never work. That would never work. That would never work. And today, Netflix, people can't live without Netflix. No way. So bringing me very quickly back, you said, you know, you never met these people. And you basically now becoming one of the, you know, first graduates in your family, the most successful in your community, in your environment, helping anyone transition and helping people, you know, bridge that sort of employability and all of the skills. So for me, again, similar. Personal development is something that I wasn't used to. No. Mentorship, I never heard. But here we are on the Wealth and Business Podcast trying to tell people that actually, yes, you can become Absolutely. whatsoever. You know, people really are, are probably fulfilling 5% of their potential. Everyone is. And... Even when I'm pushing myself and I'm trying to be the best version of myself and I'm growing in all areas, not just financially, you know, uh, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically. physically. Yeah, I'm, so I'm growing in all areas. I mean, all, all inter, inter, interlinks anyhow, right? But uh, when, I, when, I, when I'm, I'm, I'm doing everything that I never thought possible, but now I'm here, I'm at the, you know, you've got the, the, the analogy I always use, at the top of a mountain is the bottom of another. So you've mm. got to be... You know, the top I, of a mountain is always the top of a mountain is always the bottom of another mountain. Wow! Right? And I'm not, I'm nowhere near peaking, bro. Like really, I'm not. I've not peaked. I'm not peaking. I'm a student of life, and 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 I'm just always trying to better myself. So when I'm brushing my teeth in the morning, my competition is the guy that's looking at me because mm. tomorrow I'll be better than I, the, the the guy that I'm seeing now. Incremental, small incremental gains every day. I will improve. I will read. I will, I will exercise, I will eat the right foods and every day I'm improving and I'm competing with myself constantly to be the best version. But I will never be that best version because there's always going to be more. Do you get it? Yeah. Wow. So much gems dropped already. So much gems. 
Now, let's talk about wealth creation. You know, be, and actually, before we even talk about wealth creation, you know, you have been featured on so many business articles. And if I was to name them, I can't even name them. And when I was doing a really real research on you, I saw that you, South Bank University has interviewed you. When I was thinking about you and just to kind of find out about you, I found out that, you know, you are a multiple award winner. And when I was checking about you, you are so struck on diversity, on equity and inclusion. And and, and where do I even start from? <laughs> Yet, you're the guy from the council estate. Yeah, but it's not what, always what? been this way. So there has been a lot of pivotal moments. So the first moment I'd say the real sort of game changer was meeting Dr. Fio Kronje. And I haven't, you know, there was, there was a time I was actually banned from the college as well. And he's the one who uh, kept me on. So I wasn't allowed to use the library or stuff like that. Again, I was just get, kept on getting caught up in silliness. So I couldn't like shake that council estate mentality, right? And Dr. Fio Kronje kept me on the same, the, the, you know, the straight path. He used to come and find me around the college when I'm supposed to be in lessons and stuff like that, right? He went above and beyond to help me. So that was the first pivotal moment. Second pivotal moment is actually open up my mindset to, to a wider world when I got to uni, right? Because these are people from all over the world, all different ethnicities, all different backgrounds, and I wasn't used to that. So I, I felt, I just felt I didn't fit in. And that was a, a barrier that I put up the first semester at uni because I'm like, nobody's here gets me. Nobody really knows what, you know, and, and I just kind of put a barrier up and I became a loner and I was just straight after lessons, going back to the hood, started skipping lessons. It was a bus ride back into the ends. And, you know, I wasn't really, I was there, but I wasn't really there. And then second semester, I just thought, you know, look, I'm here now. I've somehow passed the first semester. I might as well just ride this out, man, get a degree, right? That was my mindset. So that's when things changed. Then another change happened. Do you know when WhatsApp started? <laughs> <laughs> It's, yeah. it's, it's it's insane. It's not even, WhatsApp is not even up to 15 years old. Yeah, but I'm gonna, so, And it's gone viral right now. Yeah, no, but this is how, what was the biggest change in my life. So now yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm already a person I never thought I'd be. I thought like from the outside, I'm living the, you know, life, house, wife, kids, but WhatsApp started and it was these times, it was a Tuesday, yeah? My wife sent me a video of my second son. Oh, you know, I got four kids, right? Yeah. But I had two at the time. My second son was scrolling and she sent me a video on WhatsApp and it was a Tuesday. And I already was feeling like I was a weekend dad. I was leaving my house in the morning to work in the city, kids were sleeping. I'd get back at night, they would be sleeping, right? So I never saw them awake until Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. So I felt like I was missing out on my children growing up. And I was thinking, why am I doing all of this? And then... You know, earning money, but I, it, it, the mindset changed. So again, all of this has come sort of by accident, really. I'm yep. an accident entrepreneur. So I'll, I then decided, right, I don't want to do this. So I approached my employers. I said, can I reduce my hours or work from home yep. one day a week? And this was before COVID. So they were like, no, we need you here. You're head of division. And I thought, I was kept them telling myself, you should be grateful that you're here. They're giving you this chance as an Asian guy from the hood, you know, and you're, you're head of division. And so I was like, oh, you should be grateful. You should be grateful. But something in me decided, right, I've, I, this is how much, and I just bought two properties then. Mm. The one I was living in, and I bought another one for my parents. So I had two mortgages coming out. To walk away from a, a really good job, very well paid, started fresh in a box room at my mum and dad's house. And everyone apart from my mum was saying, no, don't do it. Even my dad was like, why would you do that? you got a nice white employer. They made you a supervisor. You're doing really well. Why would you, why would you do that? Right? <laughs> so that was a pivotal moment. Anyway, so six months now, I'd learned about how to register a business, a business bank account, business yeah. insurances, what I needed, because I, I didn't know all this. So six months I'm planning and also stopped spending. I'm thinking, right, so I need to cover these two mortgages at the very least. Sold my car, put my name as a second driver, my wife's car, my dad's car, if I needed a car. Started walking everywhere, cycling everywhere, and basically just put my head down, just save, 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 save. And so you're the guy who saved his well his way to wealth. Yeah. And then again, so there's another it's just, so so then I started this business now with the mindset I'm gonna wait till the two kids are a bit older, go back and work for someone. But at least I can cover my bills in the meantime, doing this recruitment from home or my parents' house, right? 
And it just started growing and growing and growing and I had to employ people and it just, so accidentally we became UK's leader in what we do. Now, money's always just sitting in the bank account. So about three years ago, so all this time I've only got the same two properties. Last three years, I started like buying buy to lets, buy to lets. And that's, again, because well, I was scared. I'm thinking, well, it's sitting there, but I was sitting there doing nothing. Yeah. So then I started to buy buy to lets. And, uh, you know, in a short period of time, I've, I've amassed a small, small, small portfolio and I'm always looking to now do that. Rather than sitting there, I leave, I'm making my money work for me. Absolutely. Rather than me working for the money. And I'm, and and my main bread, you know, my main thing is, is, the, is the environmental consultancy, environmental health consultancy. But that then allows me to live the life I do, do, do the philanthropic, philanthropic work, work with young people. I'm building a well in Uganda, which is where my family are from. Um, my wife is from Uganda, by the way. Is it really? Yes. I'm building a well there this year for my 50th. Wow. Yeah, come on, that's my mom and dad. From, so they came in 1972. I don't know if you know about the story about the Asians in Uganda. Do you know that? Yeah, I heard about that. Obviously, India, me of Uganda. Yeah, the India, I mean, absolutely. 1972, and then I was born in 1973. Wow. But I didn't know your wife was Ugandan. Yeah, she's from Uganda. She's oh, from wow. Gulu. Okay. And so, I speak a little bit of it. Swahili? Um, no, she speaks Gulu. So I, sp yeah, okay. I speak a little bit of Gulu. Okay. You know, a little okay. bit. I speak, I learned about... So my parents speak Swahili. Kobongo, yeah. and Have you been to Uganda? Never been, but I'm, I'm going gonna, first I'm, year in June. I'm the first, first year, first time in June. Okay, first time in June. Yeah, I'll try and see if that can work. So, and, I'm gonna <laughs> coincide with the opening of the well. Oh, so, wow. so it's, there's two phases. So, this year we're going, it's going to be mechan mechanical. Sorry, it's going to be a uh, hand pump because there's maternity wards that they need to bring pipes out to, and that will be 2024. Then I'll go again. But, uh, sorry, I digress. So you know, from Uganda. What were we talking about? You know what? I really love. I really <laughs> love how we went to Uganda and all of that. Just to kind of again tell us, you know, how the mindset. Oh yeah, the mindset. Yeah. And so how basically, the and, how the and then now the, the property thing. And I'm sure different things will come because I'm, I'm now starting to, you know, do a little bit of stocks and stuff like that. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a student of life, right? Absolutely. And I felt like I've come into this very late. Like there's people in their teens, twenties doing this thing. Yeah. And in but fact, it was again due to the fact of what we've been come accustomed to, yeah. what we've become used to, you know. And whilst you actually have that conversation with myself, something really made a lot of sense because I always saw that you basically remember where you started. You know, never, never because forget. you kept going back to Dr. Dr. Kunji, you know, and you kept Krunji, going back to, yeah. to, to, to Dr. Kunji. And it just, it, a lot of people that never remember where they started. When they get to the top, they forget where they start. And this is why I would tell my Uber story a thousand and one time. I would tell oh, my immigration story a thousand and one time. I would, I would give the story about, because you have to remember where you started because a lot of people don't remember where they started from. And that's why they become like quite egoistic, you know, thinking yeah, that- The bubble will burst. There's a, there's a phrase in my, my language, Kujrati, that full in there. Mm. If you have a, a, basically if a, fl if, if a balloon is too blown up, it will burst, right? But at the same time, it's good to use that as motivation for yourself to look where I've come from. But it's, and it's also good to inspire other people who are in the same situation now. Yeah. But but you don't want to spend too much time reminiscing with rose tinted glasses or how it was because you just look back over your shoulder, see where you come from. That will be your that's your motivation. And if someone's in that situation, tell, show them the story or show them the path. Mm. You can only leave the door ajar. You can't bring everyone through, right? Mm. So it's up to them now if they want to take. The, if you if you leave the door ajar, when you open, you go into different things and different opportunities. You can only show people the way, right? Yeah. You can't make them do that if they're not ready. But at the same time, so you know, there 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 are there are so many opportunities that once you have that mindset, you see them, and you would have walked past them before, right? Yeah. You wouldn't even you wouldn't be aware of these opportunities. Wow, wow. So now let's not talk about the success and the journey now. You know, for those who are listening right now and saying, okay, a lot of things said, you know, I'm where I am, I am at the bottom. It, this will never work with like the, like, the, like, the, like the story I talked about, you know, with the Netflix situation. Oh, this will never work. Yeah, it's all well and good for Dr. Danny Moses and Kita and they're talking about all these things. Oh, it's not for me. Uh, what, what message would you have for them? Because you started from the bottom. Yeah, so where you are now... There's not where you, there's, there's, you know, you don't, you, you don't end where you start. And there's so many different steps and everything, like if it seems so far away, yeah? The way I do, I break things down backwards, right? 
so I basically imagine things, I visualize it, I write it down, and then I work backwards in small incremental steps. So I said, this could be the goal, but there'll be a hundred little goals between this and that goal. Yeah. And these these little goals are very easy to achieve. So you do a little celebration. Don't get complacent at them though. Little celebrate, move on. Celebrate, move on. But as I said to you, look, above the top of each mountain is the bottom of another mountain. Yes. So when you climb to the top of the mountain, you see another mountain, mm-hmm. that's your next, you know, then once you're in that mindset, you will keep growing. But you start small. You don't like if you if you know if you're in that situation right now, don't think tomorrow you're gonna to be a billionaire. It won't work like that. Then you, 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 if your dreams are look, your dreams need to scare you, but they're not. They need to be realistic. You gotta set dreams that scare you. I set goals that scare me. If they don't scare me, then, then you know, like I could just. I don't want to breeze through it. I want to push myself to achieve these goals, but at the same time, they've got to be realistic. So it's something that that should be achievable. But I just as I said, they work backwards. So the way I would, my advice I would give for someone who feels like they're in a, in a rut or they can't get out of that or they're in a situation, they just can't see a way out. What's the, the small step you can take to get out to, to the next step? Okay. And how long will that take? And what will that take you to do it? What will it take in terms of time, finance, mindset? So break it down, break it down, break it down. Just, you know, like, um, it's it's but spend time alone and actually you know write all of this down, tick these off and actually celebrate. It's okay and give yourself a incentive. Okay, so if I once I've achieved this, I will treat myself to this. Hmm. Boom. Once I've achieved this, I'll treat and it just becomes fun and it just it, it, like life is fun, right? Absolutely. And and it's just you know and and if you make money, you can help other people in the same situation as you. And this is just it just uh, so nothing's impossible. It really isn't. It really really isn't. Um, and and the beauty of England is that actually you you know there's there's compared to other countries there's fluidity, so when you're in a certain system, it's more in your mind. You can't break out of a council estate. It's not it's not a prison, is it? The no. prison isn't here, right? You can't come out of it. You know there is fluidity in terms of uh, not just ethnicity but just just wealth, like different strata of 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 economy. Yeah. And you can there's you can break into another level depending on you know where you live you, the school that your children go to the car you drive you can then break it to another level and you know and, and there's so many little steps to, to to get into the end goal isn't there absolutely but you must never forget where you came from as you were saying but you don't spend too much time there and you've got to disassociate and walk away from some of these people that will always drag you back they don't mm. because they would be doing the same thing and if you're yeah. around there so you've got to change your friends you've got to be big lifestyle changes if your friends are just smoking weed every day you're going to smoke weed every day with the best intention in the world, five years time, you see, you're still blazing. Yeah, I want to do this, I want to do it. But you're still doing the same thing. So you're not really going to do anything. You have to break away from your friends. And then when you're in a situation, you can come back and help other people. But sometimes you just have to just distance yourself. So when I was at uni, I'm still living in the same, same, same area. But I just was going uni, library, home. I didn't want to associate. I had to disassociate with what's going on in my neighborhood. Because that could just very drag me, drag me back very easily. 100%. Mm-hmm. And I lived there for another seven, eight years before I was able to, you know, come out of that environment. So, yeah. so even when I was working in the city and the professional world, I'm still living in the same neighborhood. I wasn't in a situation. And I was also scared. Probably I could have jumped into the property game a lot earlier, but I'm thinking, oh yeah, this much deposit and this much mortgage. And you know, like this, this fear factor. Right? Yeah. And what if, what if they, they don't say, they the don't, yeah. And what if the, 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 the the job doesn't work out and all these things, man, you know, and now I make very quick decisions. And I f- if I fail, I fail. So be it. Because I, well, I never it's really fail. Process, I never it? fail. Either I, I, you know, I, either I win or I learn. I don't fail. That's it. I win or I learn. So the impact of environment is big on every single conversation that we've been having on this episode. The impact on your environment, your environment, your environment. Because for me, until my environment changed. You can't change. My, I didn't. I couldn't change until I changed my friends. I couldn't change until I changed people who I was surrounded by, until I changed who I was speaking to and who I'm listening to. I couldn't change. Now I'm friends with the likes of yourself. You know, I'm expanding my circle. Absolutely. And now that I'm, ex- I'm friends with people like yourself, people like every single one I've interviewed billionaires in this podcast, and I'm bringing them to my community to come and speak to my community. Obviously. People are going to listen to this and people watch it as well. So they listen, they watch. All of a sudden, the people who are at the bottom, people who are at the mid, 
and people are obviously here and bringing this to them. But until my environment changed and I helped myself first, I couldn't have gone to help them. Of course not. So environment is You've got to go empty. out to look back in. If you're wow. in it, you can't see it, right? And also never, never dismiss someone. Because, you know, people's circumstances can change. All the people that used to dismiss me now asking me, can you please give work experience to my son? Or can you please give work experience to my daughter? They completely should dismiss me. Even in my own, especially in my own community. So, you know, never like, don't judge someone by the situation that they're in now either, ever. I never do. Because... Would you say, would you say hunger has also helped you in this? Hunger came about... I feel like I was just going for the motions, what's expected, societal expectations, hunger. I'm, I'm very hungry now, but I, I haven't, I'm so hungry, like hungry, right? I'm just, uh, but I haven't been this hungry before. So it's something that, that has to come from within. Like people can tell you, oh, you could do this, you could do that. But unless that hunger comes from within. So hunger is played, plays a huge part. And as I say, like I set goals that scare me. That's that's part of the hunger though, isn't it? Yes. So I set goals that actually frighten me a little bit mm -hmm. because I'm hungry. Yeah. I'm hungry for success. And I'm not, and I, all areas of my life. I wanted the best, the best. Look, how, how many trillions, how many, like, you know, like if you sort of break it down, you're here not by chance, are you, right? And the fact that you're here in this human existence this is your one opportunity to do. Why well, you don't want to be eighty lying in the bed and thinking I could have done this? I could could have is a very dangerous word, man. I'm I'm doing the best I can every day. That's the story they tell about the dash, isn't it? Yeah, the story about the dash. There's a date where you're born, a date where you, you expire, and it's the, what you make of that dash in between, isn't yeah. it? And you gotta really. This is your one chance to to leave a legacy. Wow. So the legacy, the hunger, it was all intertwined for me, and my passion about my immediate environment. Surrounding my, myself with good people. And the, the, the beauty of it for young people now, whereas in my days, you'd have to meet people to, to know about. You could read their books now. You can listen to their podcasts. You can go on YouTube. So you don't actually have to physically be around these people. To You can find inspirational people without actually leaving your room. You yes. know what I mean? Where I didn't have that. And I didn't have that inspiration around me. So it's a lot easier to find inspirational people and... and um, and then it expands to the wider environment and the humanity and, and the, the planet Earth. And, you know, this is, this is my, obviously, this is what Absolutely. I'm passionate about. Yeah. Wow. Keaton, it's been an absolute, absolute pleasure for Likewise. you. Likewise. Traveling all the way down to Bromley here in my, you know, in my house. Thank you for having you know, me, man. It's been a real having, pleasure. You know, having this great conversation. So just before we end this podcast right now, is the journey for the extra, you know, of the ordinary transition or transition into the extraordinary is this still possible of course i don't think i, I think look i'm you know if this if i look at life i say i don't know i'm halfway through life yeah so each year is a step so i might set 50 there's another 50 steps now what i've achieved between 40 and 50 i didn't achieve between zero and 40 so if I can achieve that in 10 years, and now it's like a snowball. Mm. So the extraordinary, the extraordinary, like when you ask me now, this may seem extraordinary, but I will look back on this area in five years, it's not extraordinary. In 10 years, five years ago, you know, because everything's just going to get bigger and better. Yeah. I'm going to get bigger and better. You know, with, 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 with that will come wealth, wisdom, physical strength, emotional strength, mindfulness, meditation. So, and of course, there's like, the, 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 honestly, like, the beauty of, of, of being a human, you know, this we're the only species that have this ability to actually manifest and better ourselves, but it's got to come in within and you've got to follow that trajectory. Wow. Wow. Kaitan, it's been absolutely amazing to have you on this Wealth and Business episode. So Thank guys, you for having me. we're just so humbled to have this amazing individual travel all the way down to come and, you know, inspire you, motivate you. Um, just one quick favor before we actually end this episode, I really want to kind of, you know, plead with you guys who are our listeners, you know, the Wealth and Business podcast is coming up to two years that we started this. As you can see, it's been a phenomenal improvement from day in, day out, week in, week out, you know, month in, month out, year in, year out. And our two years anniversary, you know, is just around the corner. And we want you to really help us to, allow this podcast to literally grow its reach, you know, grow its audience. And I really want to, 
say, please share these episodes, uh, you know, on our YouTube channels with your friends, your family, your relatives, your work colleague, everyone in your community, please share this because the bigger the share and the reach of this episodes are the bigger the guest gets and we can give you some amazing amazing insight into that journey of the you know the extra you know the ordinary to the extraordinary you know people like Keaton sharing like the council council flats couldn't hold him back the mindset that he adopted whilst he built this you know you know nationally recognized you know business you know, and also building a property portfolio as a buy-to-let landlord and expanding his, you know, his empire, his wealth and helping, you know, his community grow. So just sharing it will really help and do us a massive, massive favor. So please make sure you share this. And just don't forget as well, we run free masterclasses on how to get started in property, how to build your wealth and how to literally grow your mindset. And you hear from Keaton as well. He spoke about Basically, your environment is everything. You're, the moment you learn to start to grow your environment, the moment you, you, know, you, know, you change that environment, you take up people in your life, you know, gradually or systematically who are not bringing value to you or growing you and to reach out to the ones who are growing you, then your life is going to change. So I just really want to say, say massive, massive thank you for Thank you for having me. Here. So how can people reach you and, and what help do you provide to people who kind of your work? So with? I actually work with all the schools and colleges around Northwest London uh, on a voluntary basis. I provide CV workshops, I provide opportunities for students to come uh, and work within my business just to get some work experience. But we do mock interviews, uh, work with a number of universities throughout the UK, specialists within the environmental health sector. But also I do local projects around where I live. So f food distribution, tree planting. Uh, we run events for adults with learning difficulties. So if anyone wants to get involved in anything like this, you can find me uh, via LinkedIn on Ketan Datani or on Instagram, um, which is Ketanova, K-E-T-A-N-O-V-A. Um, and uh, DM me and I certainly, you know, would, would do some help with any help on the voluntary side with the food distribution or the environmental work that we do. Um, I wanted to also take this opportunity to say to you, keep inspiring, really inspirational, and thank you for having me. Thank you so much, Kevin, for, for being here in my house and uh, just sharing a glass of wine and or <laughs> champagne and just chilling and just basically giving so much value back. I just want to say thank you because obviously you took a, a quite a, a journey to be here. And so, guys, uh, in future events, one of our mission as well is to obviously bring people like Kitten to the Wealth and Business Live networking events where you actually get to meet him, shake his hands, take pictures, and basically ask him that burning question that you learned from this episode. So obviously we're waiting and looking forward to having you on our live events, you know, where you're going to be obviously sharing your experience as that entrepreneur who made the transition from the ordinary to the extraordinary to our audience. So... Thank you so much for listening and, and watching the Wealth and Business Podcast. And we're looking forward to seeing you in the next episode. My name is Dr. Daniel Moses and I'll see you soon. Take care.